Good morning and welcome to the Prepare for College's podcast. Um, uh, this ongoing series on the FAFSA right now, because that is the most important thing going on right now in the world of financial aid. Uh, I have with me today Gary Carpenter. Uh, Gary and I have been doing these podcasts now for about a month. And um, uh, Gary, I'm going to start off with you. I've got a couple items, but I'm going to let you uh, uh, bring up your points uh, that you want for today's podcast. So Gary, over to Thanks. you. Thanks, Al. Um, I'm going to start with something that I just got information on this morning. And uh, New York State's uh, school system, this uh, SUNY school system, and they govern all the state colleges, announced over the weekend that the commitment date for first-year students going to college has been moved from May 1st to May 15th. And the way it was worded, it says, at least May 15th, which leads me to believe it's going to go beyond that. Amen. And, <laughs> and, and, and to just to emphasize a little bit more, one of the one of the SUNY schools in Albany already made the commitment to change their commitment date from May 1st to June 1st. So they're saying we're no way we're going to be able to get this done by May 15th. They've already said June. So I think we talked last week about California school system, the college system. Also, uh, give me a, a movement to May 15th. I think this is the beginning of quite a few colleges committing to a later date. Uh, I don't know what the private colleges are going to do in New York State, but I got to assume that uh, they're probably going to take a serious look or are taking a serious look right now and moving that commitment date too. So stay tuned and We'll have more information as it comes along. Um, another thing that was announced last week by the governor of New York is that in her budget for, let's see, this would be 24-25, she has a requirement in there that seniors in high school, in order to graduate, must complete the FAFSA form. And I that was the first time I've heard about it. And I must have had my head in the sand because... There are 13 other states that have a similar requirement that you either have to complete the FAFSA form or take a course that would help you complete the FAFSA form. And I, I went online just to check them out and I, I find them here. I've got them on my iPhone, so I'm going to so, squint my eyes to see if I can read them all. Louisiana, Illinois, Alabama, Colorado, Texas, California, Maryland, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Indiana, Nevada, and Oklahoma, and Kansas. So those 13 states have uh, a requirement for seniors graduating from high school to either complete the FAFSA or take some type of courses that would help them complete the FAFSA. And all except for Connecticut are in force right now. Connecticut is going to be in force for students graduating in the spring of 2024. So theoretically, that is enforced too. Uh, but anybody that graduated before then didn't have to do that. So okay, that was, what, yeah. You, does this spring as a positive thing for you? Or you? Uh, what would be your take on I'm going to ask you for your opinion. I know we like to stick with the facts here, but yeah. what's your opinion on this? I think it's a good thing. I do. Okay. I do too. I think the more... 
families and students get exposed to this and realize how important it is that this form be filled out, it can only do more, more good. It can't do harm. So additionally, I'm, you know, Gary, I got to tell you, there's a lot of people that tell me, oh, we make too much money. And then they do the formula and say, oh, I guess we don't. So <laughs> they don't really know where that line is drawn, where too much is too much for any kind of good need-based aid. But it, all the colleges are different. So this is an important document that is part of the yeah. business model of the colleges. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm with you. This is a good thing. I, I'd like to see all 50 states do it. <laughs> yeah, I would too. So again, stay tuned because I think you're going to see more states. They're probably not going to act real quick, but I think those 13 or now 14, if New York uh, gets it through the budget, will just be the beginning of more states adding on to it. So it's good. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the college board and uh, one of our partners, uh, Chuck Moore, does a lot of research, uh, research on this. And he came across the situation where the college board, which administers the SATs and the PSATs, as well as AP tests, uh, has made a settlement with the state of New York for $750,000. And this was brought because the attorney general uh, brought suit against them because they were illegally sharing and selling student information data that was collected through these exams. Now, first of all, I think 750,000, and this is a personal opinion, $750,000 is a slap on the wrist, okay? To go ahead and take this information that students are putting in in order to take these, these tests and then turn around and sell them or share the information with other organizations, that's not right. It just isn't. So again, uh, I don't know how far this is going to go on. I do know that in the past, when I've been filling out or working with a family to complete a, a CSS profile, I've always said, stayed to the rule that if the question's required, answer it. If it's not required, don't answer it. And how you know that is next to the question, there's an asterisk that says required. So answer required questions on the CSS profile and skip the ones that aren't required because they're just collecting data. And as you can see it, when they collected the data on the test, they're turning around and selling this information. And it's one step down the road with the CSS profile. If they're collecting the information, they're probably selling it. So. Those are the things I've come across this week, Al. Well, I got a couple things that are uh, FAFSA related in the calculation. Um, <clears throat> in uh, previous years, well, last year, the uh, expected family contribution was calculated using untaxed income sources. And so it was important to know uh, if a contribution or not a contribution, if, a, if a, a withdrawal of money from your IRA or your pension plan, uh, if it was a rollover, it would not increase your expected family contribution. If it wasn't a rollover, uh, then it was counted. All right, I'm not going to go much deeper than that because the calculation gets a little muddy here. However, this year, this year, the help menu that pops up for that is only asking for the pension rollovers. 
It's not asking for the IRA rollovers. Carrie, what this means uh, is that the, uh, well, you're an accountant, you know what this means. <laughs> what this means is, uh, uh, is that that rollover is apparently being counted. We have seen now, uh, we assist literally hundreds of people with their FASAs. Okay. And we have seen some people that do have rollovers, which shouldn't be counted. And it appears that they are being counted because they're their SAI is is very 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 high, and it shouldn't be. Uh, it's it's not a particularly accurate th thumb rule. I mean, you know, thumb rules are kind of like a, a, I, I'm gonna gonna embellish on it. You know, there's lies, damn lies, and there's statistics, and then there's thumb rules. <laughs> so thumb rules are not very accurate. Uh, and Gary can't stand things that are not accurate. So uh, uh, bear with me, Gary. But a thumb rule of 22 percent times your AGI if your assets are less than 100,000 will be pretty close, okay? 22% times your AGI if your assets are less than 100,000. And we are running in some, in using that thumb rule, uh, which is like plus or minus 5,000, so it's not very accurate. But using that thumb rule, we have definitely some cases to look for. Now, what I'm bringing these up for is that there apparently still is, we brought these to the attention of the Department of Education during their soft lunch mode, which we're still in, uh, and uh, they're looking for input and in, in where there's areas that look like there may be issues. So we've brought this to the attention of the Department of Education, you know, not that they will keep track of that or have a help ticket or whatever, uh, but it does. Uh, it is something that needs to be looked at when the colleges finally get the data. Because when the colleges finally get the data, or we shift from soft launch to process mode, that's when I want to take a look at this again to see if there's a change in the tables and how it was saved. I mean, this is millions of documents being filed, Gary. So uh, it is an issue in that uh, we have to check our work. I mean, the Department of Education has been very, very open, giving you the tables, the calculation is out there on the internet, as you can pick it up. And so we've developed our own calculator and we know, you know, we wanna be plus or minus a buck right there on the spot with the Department of Education's calculation. And so far in rollovers, we're not. So there's an issue here. Uh, there's another issue where a person had a $2.9 million worth of liquid assets. I'm very jealous. Uh, <laughs> and they, uh, and, uh, uh, and their, you know, their, their SAI was, was 90,000. Well, again, you don't have, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but that should have been a minimum of 150,000 uh, of uh, about $180,000 SAI. And it was only half of that. So there's something wrong with the assets. Now, why am I bringing these problems up? I'm bringing these problems up because when you get the process mode, when a college gives you an award letter, it's going to be based on that FAFSA. Okay. It's also going to be based on CSS profile for some schools, but for 90% of the schools, it's going to be based on the FAFSA, SAI. So it is an area where you need to be vigilant and ask questions of the college to say, now, how does this work? And and be patient with them, and, and and it is something that you need to check. If you called in to check it now, it's not they're they're still in soft launch mode. It, it's maybe it's already been corrected. It, you don't know until we get into the process mode. So we're kind of in limbo here, uh, Gary, and we can't really do anything about it except for me to su suggest that uh, you be looking for this when you get your 
uh, SAI, when you look at your SAI later on, after it goes into process mode, we'll, we'll let you know if these podcasts, uh, that they're in podcasts. So if you stay with us, we'll let you know and you'll be able to tell, okay, this is something I need to take a look at. Okay. So that's the first thing. Second thing, real quick. Did I just jump in here real quick? Al? Absolutely. Yep. I am disappointed. You know, I've been disappointed in the department of education, how they've gone through this whole process, but this thing, as far as rollovers, this was an item that cropped up when they first started transferring information from the IRS. And they, back in the they, DRT days, yes. Way yeah, back. exactly. <laughs> and they corrected it. I mean, this is a no-brainer. If this is what you're going to do in a new system, you bring that over and you, you make it happen. You don't let it slip through the cracks like this did. And mm -hmm. I, it's... They did, They just have too much work on the table to get done. Yeah, and, that's that's true. That's what it really is all about. And and not that we're trying to <laughs> kick them when they're down, but at the same time, that there are certain areas that you just wouldn't expect them to have a problem with, and this is one of those areas. So, uh, uh, the other thing I got to tell you, uh, this is a, a and I know that the Department of Education puts out strong messages while you're creating your FSA ID. But you wouldn't know this because this is part of the change. But if a parent fills out their section of the FAFSA, they are going to be asked, what is the name of the student? And what is their date of birth? And what is their social security number? And what is their name? You have to put these things down the same way that the student put them down to create the FSA ID. Okay, and what I'm driving at here is that it has got to be accurate. If 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 your nickname for your child is is Dick from Richard, you have to put on Richard, not Dick. It doesn't work. It won't let you. I mean, that you'll sit there and say, "Why isn't this fast working?" It is because you're not working it right. You have to put down strong, strong, strong suggestion, not a suggestion, strong demand at this meeting. <laughs> got to put it down. And, and, and man, I mean, read it, double check it, triple check it, maybe quadruple check the social security number that you went, didn't go dyslexic on a number or the date of birth. I mean, it's got to be accurate. Uh, if it isn't, you will not be able to get your FAFSA done. And you'll be one of the people that is not uh, getting to the end. You're probably one of the people that are calling the Department of Education saying, help, help, help. Uh, which is going to be your only answer, by the way, uh, is to fix that. Uh, because there's other issues about creating your FSA ID that stop you from trying to correct it. Uh, so all I can say to you is this. Okay, we give you problems, but we also want to hear at these podcasts also give you answers. And the answer is you're going to have to call the Department of Education and you're going to have to get it fixed. Uh, and it's you may have to talk to a person and they say, well, we can't help you. And it's a fine. Can I talk to your supervisor? Please don't be offended. And you and go up as far in the food chain as you have to. Do you get somebody that can help you on this? It, this is something that you can't even finish it. There was a statistic put out by the NACAC and National Association of College Admissions Counselors, NACAC.org. Good place to go, by the way, if you want them articles all on this very issue, on these very issues. Uh, that said, that this time, this is the first of February now. The first of February, this time last year, they had 6.2 million FAFSAs filed, and this time this year, they had 3.2. And I'm telling you, this whole system of how you invite your other part of the roles in the FAFSA, the parent invites the student, the student invites the parent, you got to do it the same way 
It has to be exactly the same. You gotta have a family meeting on this. And when you start this, this is what you put out. <laughs> uh, it, it don't, you know, because it will it will stop you. And I have to believe that a very big chunk of those people that are not filing the FAFSA this year is not that they're not filing, is that they haven't successfully completed it because they can't. And Al, I'd, I'd like to add one other thing on top of that is, you know, when you're doing the FAFSA, don't run through it. Take your time. Take your Read time. what it I says, agree. okay? And just don't take for granted, oh, yeah, it's continue. I'll just hit continue. No, wait. Read the page. See what it says. Some of the questions, when you read them the second time, say, well, oh, no, I didn't didn't understand it really the first time. So take your time in doing this because I can guarantee if it takes you an hour to do it, fine. But if you screw it up, it's going to take you hours to sort it out. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, this uh, in previous versions of the FAFSA, they almost every question had a little pop up menu. If you would hover over the question with your cursor, it would give you a pop up menu and explain it in, uh, in you know, uh, easier to explain than reading the legalese that created the document. So you would hit those pop ups. Well, this year, part of the what Gary mentioned earlier is that just because of the magnitude of work that they had to do to create this FAFSA, there's a lot of questions that don't have pop-up menus now they will as time goes by but right now what gary just said is very important because you don't have the pop-up menus to determine something you may have to re reread the question make sure you read it right yes. uh, and so uh, it is an issue and, and so to take it slow because a, a minute saved here when you're filling out the fast it could be an hour saved later it is that bad because it's hard to fix so well, that is the issues for our podcast today. I really uh, uh, thank you all for listening to us. We've had uh, some great feedback from uh, from you all. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the podcast for the Prepare for College group. Have a great day. We'll be back again next year, next time, next week. <laughs>